0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting podcast of the Go Forth program. I am your host, Ben O'Young, and I think this podcast may be the most unique podcast we have ever had. But stay tuned, everyone. And I am happy also to introduce to you short-term missionaries. Please welcome Rob and Pauline Huey. Hi, Rob and Pauline.
1: Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben.
0: Good seeing you. Could you please open us up first in a word of prayer? Of course. Let's all pray.
2: Father, we come before you. We thank you for this time that we could just share our experiences and to be able to bless those who are listening to this podcast. We know that you are a God who uses us. You don't need us, but you use us to go forth, to spread your word, to build your kingdom. And we know that uh, you ask us to spread your word throughout the whole world, Lord. We ask that you bless our time together, that you bless our words, that your spirit may fill each and every one of us, that we might be able to speak the words that you would like us to speak and bless those who need to be blessed, Lord. So we thank you for this time. We ask that you watch over us and that everything we do and say tonight may be pleasing to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. So I started out by saying that this might be the most unique podcast. And the reason why is. Rob and Pauline are not Catholic. They are Protestant. So we can learn a lot from our Protestant brothers and sisters. Secondly, they're short-term missionaries. They've made several trips to different countries. And the third thing that's so unique is that they've been to countries that are primarily Catholic. So I'd like to hear, first of all, from Rob and Pauline. How did you all first get involved in missionary work
2: our church boston chinese evangelical church started doing missions in the mid 80s the first missions team was supposed to go to haiti and due to turmoil we had trained to go to haiti and there was so much civil unrest there and danger that they rerouted us to jamaica and that was the first one that I had gone on. We spent two weeks in Jamaica going around witnessing to, to the Jamaicans and going on prayer walks and meeting people and
1: sharing with them.
2: That was the first time
1: I went on. Both Rob and I, we've been married for 30 years. We have three adult grown children. And I think God has placed short-term missions and, and hopefully maybe one day long-term missions into our DNAs and it wasn't something overnight. I went on my first international short-term missions to the Dominican Republic when I was 40 years old. So we're in our upper 50s, almost 60, but it's never too late to get out of our comfort zones. And I fully believe that God needed me to see the larger world outside of our Western developed country. I'm from New York City and Rob's from Boston. So very comfortable, developed country. And we had three small children and I had heard stories of Rob going on short-term missions. And I said to him one day in our dining room, I think God's telling me to go on a missions trip because in church we would sing songs that basically say in obedience, I will go Lord wherever you need me to go. And that really convicted my heart. So long story short, Rob said, yes, I think you need to go. And that's what I did on my own.
0: And Rob went many years earlier. And that's altogether, crazy. how many mission trips have you all been on?
1: Easily over 10, because our goal is, has always been to go every other year at minimum, whether it, it was individually and, and definitely as a family.
0: For those who do not know, short-term mission trips are usually one or two or three weeks long. They're not permanent mission trips. So you guys got involved in mission trips, and Polly, you went by yourself for the first time. And how was that experience for you?
1: God is all-knowing, and he, he knows what we need in terms of our sanctification and transformation as followers of Christ. My first missions trip again was to the Dominican Republic. I didn't know what to expect, but I had signed up for a trip that that really was almost like a a Katrina rebuilding trip. As many of in in the South, in the US, Katrina had gotten wiped out, right? The the hurricane storm. So for me going to the DR was a, it was going to be a very physical construction rebuilding trip. And I know that many of you cannot see me, but, but basically I'm five feet one. I am not muscular by any means. So I said, okay, should I be even signing up for this? I have no construction background, but but I really trusted that God would take care of me and prepare me physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I, I really had to trust in God because number one, I didn't have my husband with me or anyone else. I didn't know what I was walking into. And I, I had a lot of apprehensions to say, number one, I don't know what to expect. And I tell this story, Not proud of it, but I'm a Marriott kind of a person. I, I like to sleep in a nice bed. And Rob would tell me stories of his trip to the Dominican on missions where he basically had to sleep on the floor on a springy mattress. And at night he could hear rats running around his head. So I said, is this what I'm going to be up for? So I had to say, okay, even if that happens, I'm gonna trust that God will carry me through. But honestly, to sum it up, it was such an amazing, incredible experience. Think about my experience in in witnessing God's glory manifested. The people in these countries that we go on short-term missions trip, it's so powerful to see how they worship God. They worship with such fervor and passion and even on our recent trip to the Philippines, I, I'm kind of embarrassed in terms of my lack of passion and my lack of fervor in terms of how I worship God on Sundays and not giving him all the glory. So that's one thing I see spiritually, the things that God had to teach me. Physically, God took care of every single detail. And, and there's too many to to recount. But I was in the best shape of my life. Every single day, I thought we were, we were mixing cement and hauling bags and and pounding gravel i never even had to take a tylenol and so i'm going to wrap up with one funny story if i can and on, on how god takes care of people on missions trips this was like probably day 8 of the trip and we were saying what do you miss most about home one of one of the other mission, missionaries was asking me and i said I think I missed my chocolate covered donuts. And when we arrived back at the pastor's home who was who was housing us, I typically would go into the kitchen and ask if I could help them and say hello. And guess what they were making for dinner?
0: Chocolate covered donuts.
1: Yes, Ben. Chocolate covered donuts. Is that amazing? I had to say God's funny, right? But he provided. And I'm not making this up. It is the truth. So
0: there's story after story of missionaries who've been taken care of and we're just blessed and trusting in the Lord. He hooks us up. I'm going to switch it a little bit and ask Rob, you know, so the first trip you went on, there were literally rats you could hear walking around your head as you were, were sleeping, but you decided to go back. Did you ever stop and think, Oh Lord. Okay. I've done my sacrifice. That's it. Game over. But no, you went back. And what was your motivation? So that,
2: that was actually my second or third mission trip and I was asked to go as a missionary as a volleyball coach on a team to teach Dominican youth how to play volleyball. I had been coaching for many years and they wanted someone to come out and do some real coaching. and I went out with a team of two or three other coaches. and we went out to more rural, Dominican Republic, the kids came, they didn't have shoes, they wear the same pants and clothes every day, they came every day, they listened to whatever we had to say, both in terms of the volleyball coaching, and about Jesus, about God, and they played all day from morning to night. So being the uh, soft Americans we are, it was about 100 degrees every day in the sun, we're playing outside in the dirt with dirt fields with 100% humidity every single day, and they would just go for hours. They didn't need breaks. So God provided, I'm still alive, but at night we were tired. And what happened, we we were sleeping in these dorms, these open air dorms, doors were open, windows were open, and they had these spring beds, spring bunk beds with these thin mattresses on it. And I'm a little bit big, so lying on those beds, they sag so much, I was not lying down, put it that way. So I pulled the mattresses off of the bunk beds and decided I'll sleep on the floor. At least I'll be level. But in the middle of the night, I would hear rats walking around and I would actually hear them coming up and sniffing my head and running around my head. But I'll tell you, God provided me not to uh, go crazy because I was too tired to do anything. I could I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so tired and it, it had been so hot and probably a little bit dehydrated. I did not care. It did not bother me one single bit. I can handle things like that. But I remember it clearly going like that's a rat sniffing my head. And I said, That's fine. Just don't wake me up. Just let me sleep. But the love of the kids. The kids would come up and they don't know any better and they called us Bruce Lee. We're Asian. And they wanted to do kung fu with us and play with us. And they were so accepting of everything we had to give that no matter what pain and how hot and how sweaty and dirty we were, it didn't matter. These kids came to get some love. And we were there to give love and training and whatever we had to give, they were willing to take it. And I think that that goes with the wedding banquet, where in America, I'm a teacher, and there are kids who don't want what we have to give. And if we're trying to share about Jesus, there are so many people who don't want what we have to give because they think they know it all, they have it all. But when we go on mission trips, no matter where we go, whether we've been Dominican, Philippines, or Cambodia, Thailand, all over, they seek us out because we're different. We're Americans. What are we doing there? And we, we're there to share the love of God, and they accept it lovingly, and they love us back. They, they care. They appreciate it. And that just reminds me of those verses that you shared, where if people don't want what we have, let's go find the people that do want it, and I'll gladly give it to them. I'd rather.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so for our listeners, I shared the, the Sunday readings for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And it's the gospel reading of the wedding banquet where Jesus shares the parable of the the kingdom of heaven would be like a king who gave a wedding feast for a son, but they can't get people to come. And that's what you're sharing. Again, the beauty of the mission field is that the people that you work with are so loving, so welcoming, and at the same time, so willing to hear the gospel message. Amen. Yes.
2: And, you know, you only want to share God's love. You want to share what God's given us with them. We can't be there forever. Sometimes we only meet them for a day, but they're so appreciative and they're so accepting of the words you have to say. And we say, can we pray for you? They say, yes, yes, yes. Things like that, which are, are so difficult. We're in Boston. And if we say we're, we're Christians or we go to this church, nine times out of 10, you have people going, oh, you're a Christian. You're one of those people. And it's it's sometimes just so disheartening because all you want to do is help love them and share God's word and share the gospel, the good news. That's all you want to do. But they all of a sudden have this attitude against you because we don't believe what you believe and we don't do what you do. And therefore they, they just reject us. And I understand biblically, we knew that would happen. Jesus said, you stand up for me and I'll stand up for you. But... They will reject you, not because of you, but because of who Jesus is. They will reject us. And you just see that too much here. And it's so refreshing to go to places where they're they're willing and wanting to hear about Jesus.
0: Mm -hmm. And like the Sunday reading, too. It was a feast. Hook me up with the plate there. I mean, the Lord prepared the fatted calf. And yet they're shut down before they even enter the banquet. And that's how it does feel sometimes where We, as Christians, are shot down just because we say we believe in Christ. But the the beauty of the mission field is you're welcome. And that's exciting that they're willing to hear the gospel message.
2: Yeah. When we go to the Philippines, there are whole communities that live around and in the dump sites there. And what they do is when the dump trucks come in with the trash, they go in and they scrounge for food, scrounge for extra clothes, old clothes or anything they can sell, or make something to, to make a few few pennies here and there. Nobody goes into these areas to be with the people, nobody. It's a dump site. And the idea that you have these Americans, pretty well off compared to them, for sure, coming in. We were told they think you guys are rock stars and you are coming in and then the kids wanna play with us. They wanna hold our hands. Some of the kids are malnourished. Some of the kids are running around naked in the dump sites. and But they want to be with you. They want to play with you. They want to share what they have and have things shared with them. And I can just imagine being in that position where you have absolutely nothing and you have people coming in to love on you. And it's just such a good feeling that... You know, you ask, why do we go back in these horrid conditions? Absolutely horrible. They live in it every single day. We visit, we visit for a week or two, and we come back to our air-conditioned houses. Mm-hmm. We should have no problem. You know, I don't have a problem going back because I know that's real life for most of the people in this world. And what mm-hmm. we have is not real compared to the rest of the world. They can't even imagine it. So... Sleeping on the ground, playing in the dump sites, right? playing with kids who are dirty, that's nothing. And, you know, we look forward to being with God someday where he's going to provide everything for everybody. And this is just temporary. And that's why we can go back.
0: Mm. Yes. And again, back to the Sunday message, too. Everybody will be invited to the banquet. Absolutely. God always looks favorably on the poor. Throughout Scripture, God always looks to the poor. And you guys being with the poor, you guys found God.
1: To to echo what Robert was saying and what you just said, that we found God, I definitely would say that my relationship with the Lord is definitely deeper. It's because followers of Christ were supposed to live out our lives the way Jesus did. So a huge part of it is why do we go back, number one, to hopefully bring glory to God in whatever it is that we are there to do, that we definitely have experienced time and time again. It's not even so much about what we can do for those that we're ministering to and or coming alongside those who are there full time. But every single time we come back from a mission trip or even while we're there, we're just so richly blessed. So it's it's not just people who live in dump sites, but it's people who live in abandoned cemeteries. Like people live in mausoleums and basically the coffin is where they sleep, where they eat and where they play. It's it's incredible to actually see and to, to actually be in there doing uh, like children's programs. So so these are just some of the things that in terms of God allowing us to experience, it's not just to see, right? But it's to experience firsthand, like all of our senses. At first, it's like an assault. You can't even imagine like what you see, what you smell, what you're feeling, the heat, you seeing the deprivation of people to say, oh my gosh, they're human beings. At the same time, they, they can be like our brothers and sisters in Christ. And they're living this way. So for us, the reason why we continue to want to help, whether it's while we're there and or stateside, because there are things that we can all do stateside as well in the use of our talents, our gifts. It's not just finances, but a lot of times they need people to help them stateside with technology because they don't have the wherewithal. And you can easily go and see but then God always challenges me and I know with, for Rob as well and our family and our kids. We have a huge responsibility. In the Bible, this, doesn't it say that, you know, for those who are blessed, much is expected. So that's why, again, we continue to do that. Do the work. Even gear ourselves up to go. Because there's a lot of preparation, actually, before we actually go there. what for whether it's a week or two.
2: And I'll tell you. It's- not just going back for the experience, but it's the people. You you build up relationships, and I love seeing the kids as they grow up. I love seeing the missionaries and working beside them, understanding the struggles and being a blessing to them any way that we can, whether it be blessing them with a little, little bit of extra food or taking them out and telling them, you know, we appreciate them. But I feel so welcomed when we go because... I feel the love of God from them too. And then definitely watching the relationships grow and, and the kids grow and God's work in progress.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a true blessing. Yes. Over and over again, every single time you go. You went to Dominican Republic as well as to the Philippines. And man, it was hot. And high humidity. And when then when it rained, you think it'd be a relief but it turned into a fear. Could you please share that story?
2: We were uh, visiting one of the stilt communities in Labugan in Cebu, Philippines. Many communities where the houses are built up on stilts and they're resting high up because of flooding. Now, these houses are built out of scrap wood, scrap tin for the roofs, tarps for the roofs. And what The issue is that there's no running water so when people have to go to the bathroom they just go in the area and around their houses their fields people just go but last august just last month we were visiting and sharing with people praying with them and looking at the houses looking what they needed and it's always upper 90s high high humidity always hot and in general, during most seasons, there's a heavy rain during the day sometime. And you would get say, hey, that's nice. I could use a little rain because, you know, you're walking around, you're dirty, you're sticky, I'll take it. But the fact is there's no drainage in these areas. These areas can't handle that volume of rain. What happens is that the water comes up above the ankles, knee level within a few minutes. And it wasn't even that bad. We were just like up to the calves this one but we know that the water during the rainy season goes up into the houses and floods their houses. And they're in one room, you would have four or five kids with the parents all living in there with the water of the community streaming through. And they have really narrow paths that have stones or tires or whatever so that you can walk through it. Otherwise, it's mud and dirt. And when the water came up, it was amazing how trying to walk out of that area, you can't see where you're walking. You don't know if you're going to walk off the path into a ditch or you're going to trip on a tire or a rock. And that water was, was sewage water because it just washes up everything from around there. But they live with it every day. Every time it happens, they have to deal with it. And it's part of their lives. And we were unstable trying to walk back. We, we didn't know the paths, and you just knew that this water wasn't good for you. So yeah, it was refreshing, it was a little bit cooler, but there were other issues in terms of safety for everybody trying to get out of that
1: area. Some of the houses are, are, are on stilts, but most are not. They're just at the street level. So within minutes, it was coming up rapidly. So so houses that are really at the ground level, year after year, you know, especially when the typhoon season hits, which is now October through December, their homes get wiped out. There is nowhere for the water to go. So imagine it, they don't have basements. But basically, this happens every single year to these people who are living in already impoverished situations. Like they they don't have housing insurance that's going to take care of the damage. They lose everything. And these are families like literally with five to seven people and they already have little to nothing. So for us standing there this time in the rain, feeling the water drip through their roofs, because they're, they're, they, they have tin roofs that are rusted out, so the water's coming down. Some of them have basically one wall. The other times it's just heavy tarps that they use to keep the elements out. And it was just really profound to be standing inside this person's, I'm going to say, one room abode, their home, to say, wow, this is incredible. That people live like this day after day. They don't even have a bathroom. And and we are, again, so blessed in America.
0: Yeah. And some issues that we have faced in the mission trips that we went to, like Cambodia Cambodian village in Houston, they tried to put the houses on stilts but lived high underneath the houses just in case because they had no place else to cool down. So the shade of being underneath the house was their refuge. And going on these mission trips, boy, you can learn a lot about gratefulness when you're on the mission trips. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And it goes back to the passage, Philippians 4, verse 11. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, but for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. You know, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I'm going to stop right there. For those of us, you've never been on a short-term missions, I would encourage you to go because this is the personal sanctification that I have experienced in my life and and hopefully some transformation. I did not understand how blessed our lives are. You know, in the DR, I learned how precious water is. Like literally, they get water delivered to their village twice a week. And when water was delivered, they would be singing in the streets because now they're so happy that now they have some clean water. We saw where people in the Philippines, they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from. So when I hear their stories of last week, I didn't know where we were going to have food to feed our children. But and this was someone who shared during a church service. But we are so thankful to God because a neighbor lent us some noodles, lent us some bread. And that just blew my mind to say, oh, God, thank you for letting me hear this. Because it is just mind blowing how I take for granted how much I have how much my family has that you meet our basic needs and and more every day and what i need to do for those who don't have
2: going on missions trips it's really about your relationship with god
0: individually yes thank you again it's between you and god when you go on these mission trips it's between you and god and what he does with your heart with your faith and how he uses you as an example for others Absolutely. Yeah, great point.
2: And I was willing to take care of all the kids myself for a couple of weeks. Small price to pay, honestly. For Pauline to get that experience was a hundred percent worth it.
1: Mm.
0: I have yet to meet a missionary, short term or long term, who regretted it. Because God uses it and they draw closer to God. Yeah, there are some headaches, no doubt. There are some <laughs> difficulties, but they love it. One thing that our listeners will probably curious to know, is you chose the Dominican Republic and the Philippines, two high percentage Roman Catholic countries. And yet you guys chose those countries, and could you please share with our listening audience why those two? And secondly, what can our Catholic brothers and sisters learn what you saw on the mission field about the faith of the people Because so often we share that for our Catholic brothers and sisters, we have been sacramentalized but not evangelized. And did you see that in the mission field?
1: I don't think it was where we intentionally picked it because it was a Catholic heavy country. It was more of a lot of times short-term missionary sending organizations from the United States. Where do they go? So the Dominican, anything like Mexico, th- those are close enough that you can get that experience of short-term missions, of serving. So, so that I think that's how it typically transpires. Like Haiti's right next door, but sometimes you can't go to Haiti because of the political unrest. The missionary sending organizations also want to make sure it's safe enough right, for you to go.
2: To go and share the love of Jesus, it doesn't matter what type of country it is. So we we, we've been to Malaysia recently, which is a Muslim country, and we we just find people wanting to hear from us and talk to us just from the street and the subway, right? There was this man at the subway who just came up to us and said, Are you from here? etc. And just we found out he was Muslim and therefore it's not nice as if we could invite him to church because that's illegal, but yet he wanted to get to know us. And if we were going to stay a lot longer, I would have invited him to something because he was just that open and friendly. So we didn't choose these so-called more Catholic countries on purpose. The fact of the matter is that no, it seems that no matter where we go, that people are, would love to take what we have to give. Mm. And the love of Jesus is the love of Jesus and we're not trying to spread our so-called religion people call it a religion but it's really the love of god the love of jesus it doesn't matter what their
1: background is
0: not only in their background but also that god is needed everywhere the lord is needed everywhere absolutely
1: The, the environments that we've gone to like what we think is a church with all of our traditions They are so thankful and happy. If they even have something that is a shelter that they can worship God in on Sundays, they're just trying to get through the day literally sometimes alive. Our friend, missionary friend, they also do work in southern part of Philippines in in an area called Mindanao. Mindanao is, is a huge Muslim population. They're also militant and it's like a rebel environment and very tribal. So if, if it's the five, 10%, they're the people that our missionary friends have been working with. And, and that's what really what we were exposed to as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. what you guys are both sharing is uh, just because a country is majority Catholic in this example, doesn't mean that missionaries are not needed by any means. And that the gospel needs to be shared to everyone. There's still a percentage that needs the gospel.
2: And I would say a large percentage at that. It's it's not as if, when you think about needs, people need to be taken care of before they can even think about God. And they're just trying to survive. The ones that we see that do believe, thank God every single day. And we're just trying to share, teach them about God and share with them some of their needs and to let them know that God loves them. That is so needed everywhere. Mm
0: -hmm. They might be poor, but as Jesus said, maybe even poor in the spirit, but they're rich in their faith. They are. rich in their faith. We've all been blessed by people who are rich in their faith. It helps us grow in our faith too. Is there any other advice you have for our listening audience about short-term mission trips as well as Entering into the mission field, any advice you have for our listeners?
2: Whether or not we were smart enough to have planned this or God just had it happen, we brought our, our whole family as often as possible up until they were in college. And now they're working and they weren't able to go with us this last time. Whether or not how solid they are with God is up to God and their relationship with God. But we absolutely know that the trips have influenced them our kids, they have seen how poor people are and how hard people have it. And I've been blessed, and I think Pauline has been blessed. Our kids do not complain. They, yes, yes. They yes. cannot complain because they've seen how most of the world lives. And in terms of education, when we spend hundreds of thousand of dollars on the education, and then we say, that's more important I don't think so. The money that we spent on these trips, the experiences that we've gone through with them as a family, as Christians, the things that they've seen have given them such a broader view of the world and life, what God wants from us. And that priceless
0: to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Jonathan, Jared, and Juliana, I've never heard complain. They might talk trash to me, but they never complain. They really don't. And... (laughs) You're right. I mean, Timothy went on one mission trip and boy, did he stop complaining. He knew right away, boy, he's got it good. And that's a gift for any parent.
1: Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Your mission field is anywhere that God puts you. Whatever God puts on your heart, I would say pray, first of all, and then pray for obedience, pray for a willingness to do whatever God wants you to do the way Jesus modeled for us and you do it here in the United States and or overseas Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you when we go overseas and we partner with those churches who have little to nothing in terms of resources the staff and our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ they are so encouraged which blows my mind I'm so embarrassed sometimes to say why would you but they're like thank you so much for coming but also thank you so much for coming Because if you didn't come, we would not have gone to visit this community to pray over this person in this house. So, literally, we opened doors for them Mm -hmm. and unbeknownst to us. So, God can use us anywhere, anytime, as long as we are actively and willingly open to his leading and calling.
0: I couldn't have said it any better. Absolutely. The mission field is. Here in the States as well as abroad. Just enter the mission field, go into the mission field. And I can also say also, this podcast alone has given so much encouragement to our missionaries because they just want to let other people know. They get renewed, they get strengthened. Please listen more because it gives them a happiness of just knowing that others are know what the mission field is all about and how they can support. Rob and Pauline, thank you so much for your time. It is always a pleasure seeing you. Uh, You have been a great role model for my family. They were the ones that motivated me to do my mission trips. So thank you, Rob and Pauline, for being such a good uh, example of Christ's love. And we'll continue to pray for you as well in your future mission trips. Thank you, Rob and Pauline.
1: Thanks, Ben. Thank
2: you, Ben.
0: So in our show notes, we'll show pictures of Rob and Pauline in action see how you can support their missionary services overseas and again those will be in our show notes thank you again Rob and Pauline of course and let us go forth and spread the good
3: news go forth is a service of USCMA funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign available on Apple Podcasts Spotify and your favorite listening platform we'd love to earn five stars from you so be sure to scroll down and leave a review Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and go forth gathering details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witnesses' mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stefan. used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All your nations glorify. This is his kindness water.